This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today's bonus podcast episode is with my colleague, fellow psychologist, Dr. Shafali. If you haven't already, you need to go listen to our conversation the first time, which was in season three. It's episode four called The Parent-Child Relationship is the Hardest of Our Life. Dr. Shafali held me to the flame and called me out on my expectations with my daughter. I've heard from many of you that you've actually listened to this episode several times and you've listened to it with your partner. Today's episode, I get to sit with Dr. Shafali again, and we talk about what it means to build that healthy parent-child relationship. Dr. Shafali is an acclaimed author, international speaker, and clinical psychologist. She also helps to develop conscious coaches through her Conscious Coaching Institute, and Oprah has endorsed Dr. Shafali's groundbreaking work in conscious parenting as revolutionary. If you are looking for more, be sure to check out Dr. Shafali's new book called The Parenting Map. It is being released this month on February 28th. I already have it on order. I can't wait for it to land in my mailbox and for Greg and I to jump into this brand new piece of work that she's offering. And if you haven't heard already, Dr. Shafali has put together 30 top global experts to help you master your parenting in 2023. This is Dr. Shafali's free online summit called the Parenting Mastery. And I've got the link in the show notes and you'll notice that I'm also one of the guests there. And I am telling you, I am so excited to spend those three days learning from all of these experts to show up and master this really difficult time of being parents. Okay, let's go into today's conversation. Hi, nice to see you, Dr. Shafali. Hello. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk mm. about my new book. Ah, your new book. Yes, we're just having everyone say hello where they're coming from. We've got people all over the world today. And can we just dive into that first? You have an exciting new book coming out. Yes. What's it called? It's called The Parenting Map. It's a step-by-step solutions to consciously create the ultimate parent-child relationship. So go, go grab a copy because if you are a parent that wants to elevate and do it even better, this book is filled with practical steps. It's, it's my philosophy in conscious parenting, but there are sections in here that I've never shared before that you can use to implement right away. So make sure you get your copy. But yeah, let's talk about it. I think, you know, I was just having this conversation earlier of just how difficult parenting is, how it is this role that we step into and it just changes everything. What What is the difficult pieces that you see coming from the parents that you work with? Well, I think modern parenting, like even just for my generation, my daughter's 20 now. How old are your kids, Tracy? He's going to be eight soon and the other one's five and a half. Well, so you are in the pros of it and you are dealing with the the burden of raising children in this techno-heavy world. And so 
you know, the greatest tools we have as parents is our influence, at least in the first 10 years. So in the first 10 years, you have to kind of, if you want to, you know, really imprint them with this foundation, the first 10 years are your powerhouse of building that influence and that connection. But I think the greatest struggle that parents have is this supreme control that they think they need to have over their children. Now, you need to have control in terms of limiting their screen addiction. That's one area because now we have to talk about screen addiction. When I was raising my kid, I didn't have to talk about screen addiction. Now I have to bring it up all the time now. So besides having control for screen addiction, the rest of the crap is something that you need to let go of because you're not here to raise a superhuman child. You're not here to raise a super successful child. You are here to connect with your child as they are, even if they're, and most children are, and most of us are ordinary. So letting go of your lofty ideals that you need to raise the superhuman child and instead give your child the beauty of your presence, of your validation, of your acknowledgement. Children are thirsty to be seen for who it is they are. All mental illness, if it's not chemical uh, and hereditary, all other mental illness comes from a lack of interpersonal validation right. from, our from our parents. And as children, if you don't get that interpersonal connection, um, you are going to always be floating around looking for okay. that validation yeah. from the outside. And that's what you're seeing on social media today. Absolutely. Everybody wants to be seen. See me, 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 me. And that thirst really gets created or gets contributed in childhood, in, in your parenting. So as parents, that's our sacred responsibility. You, you're touching on this piece that really hit me. I, I was sharing this again recently and this hit me. So last time when you were on the podcast, I shared a story about my daughter. I have another daughter story for you. She's, yeah. she's really hitting these core pieces in me. And when she was born, I had this, you know, she's just so small and delicate and she doesn't say no to me and she wants to be held all day. And of course, as children naturally do, she's developing her autonomy, right? And just the other day on the weekend, she's playing and I had said, would you like me to play with you? And she said, no, mommy, you can go and do your work or you can lay on the bed if you want, but I'm doing this on my own. Oh, Dr. Shafali, I was just crushed, right? Because... I'm here, I'm open, I'm ready now for you to receive my love that I have this time to give to you. And she's telling me no. <laughs> and it's like, if we can control our kids, of course I get to play with you when I want to. Yeah. And it's that realization that they get to be autonomous in their lives. We need to nurture that and see that of them. Yes, that actually to me that's a that's a mark of a healthy child a strong child you've raised an independent child who's not afraid to hurt your feelings mm -hmm. and by the way your feelings are <laughs> out of control you're not supposed to even have feelings right but the feeling <laughs> the, but but the feeling you have is legitimate because it's mm -hmm. telling you that you need to heal that part of you that still needs validation from your role as the helper, as the fixer. And she's telling you, mom, 
I'm not here to take care of you. I am okay on my own. And that's the sign of a conscious parent, mm-hmm. right? My daughter once told me and my uh, ex, her father, that we were irrelevant and she was only 12 years old. She's like, why am I even listening to you both? Y'all are irrelevant. <laughs> oh, you know, I was like, what? I was just so excited. She knew such a big word. But my partner back then was very upset and his ego was stroked because mm-hmm. as parents, we think we need to be the center stage. And I always say that the goal of a conscious parent is to make yourselves irrelevant because that means your child is now able to tap into themselves and can self-govern, can self-direct, and self-negotiate. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoc.com slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me. And these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code Loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. You know, the other day, my daughter in college uh, told me that she dropped a class, picked up another class, and she didn't even consult me. Like I was like ad hoc, adjunct. And I saw my ego wanting to trouble me, but I'm, I've practiced this long enough to realize, oh, good for her. She doesn't need to ask me, check in with me, 
to get my opinion. It's her path and she needs to own that. Mm. So on one hand, as parents, we want them to be rebellious against culture's domination. We want them to be self-governing, but at home, we want them to follow us, right? And then we get all upset and then we guilt them. So in this book, The Parenting Map, I teach parents, I teach you every page how to raise empowered children mm. so that you, but that what that comes with is a price. The price that comes with Tracy is that you have to go into the background, right? You have to say, okay, it's not my time to shine. This is not about me. And I need to go into the background. And that's what is so hard for parents. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because our children are not there to fill us up. They're not there to meet our needs. We have to go and do that on our own. And I think so many of us struggle with that because it just, it's that feels good, right? Oh, it feels good. My child wants to be with me. They want to validate me. And then suddenly they don't. And that's hard for us. Yeah. The goal of a conscious parent is to create that autonomous connection. Mm. So where your child feels comfortable enough to reject you, where your child feels comfortable enough to say, I got this, when the child feels comfortable enough to go their own way, but they're doing it in connection with you. Mm -hmm. They're not losing connection with you. And our fear is that if we're not... We're just hanging on, hang on. We've got a connection piece. We're waiting for her to come back because we're touching on, yes, autonomous connection. We are touching on the crux of this. So I'm just waiting to see, hopefully she's coming back in uh, um, because this is the piece. It's not mine. Okay. Thank you, Miriam. This is the piece where we then start to build fusion. We then start to build dependency. And this is really challenging, right? We, we, oh no, we lost her. Okay. She's going to come back in. This is what so many of us struggle with today. And so then I'm going to fast forward you to our relationships today because then in our partnerships, we turn to our partner and we say, let me just check the request. We say, you make me mad or, you know, why are you in a bad mood? It makes me in a bad mood. And so we lose this ability to be separate from our partners, right? If we stop having this conscious relationship with our partner. You're back. I was just making that connection between that connection, the autonomous connection, and how then in adulthood, what we're seeing so much, what I see in my therapy room with couples, is that fusion, that codependency, the enmeshment, the fused couple, because they never had that model to them growing up. And I know you recently talked about that with uh, Dr. Nicola Pera as well, losing the self, Yes. So, you know, we, we want to train ourselves to always know the point of separation, the point where we are now autonomous and where we are enmeshed. It's okay to be enmeshed, but it's not okay to only be enmeshed. We, we can go in and out of connection and separation. And a healthy parent-child relationship fosters the depth of connection, but it also fosters the depth of autonomy and separation. 
And it trusts. So when your daughter told you, mom, leave me alone, I got this. It, she was trusting that you're not going to be fragile and fall apart. So our mm-hmm. children are looking to us to separate. They are trying to find their individuality, but they cannot find their individuality if we are constantly seeking enmeshment. So they want to, to find their separation. And that's why when they become teenagers, then they, the parent feels like this is a big departure. But it shouldn't be a big departure because that separation should be fostered all through childhood where they are encouraged to go and find their own voice and then come back home. But then they are encouraged to leave and come back home. You know, when I came to America, I was shocked at the number of of parents I met who did not want their kids to go to college far away. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Or parents who made decisions of where they wanted to retire based on where the kid was. And I used to tell them, your kid may leave that place. Do not base your future on where your kid is going to settle down. Now, I understand the sentiment, but <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really, it's entrapping the child and mooring the child to where the parent is. And that's never a good thing for your child. Your child needs to feel that my mom and dad have their own life, their own passions, mm-hmm. and I am very important to them but I am not the center of their world. Making your kids the center of your world is mooring them, anchoring them to you. And Mm. that creates a sense of burden, a responsibility, and also this guilt of when they leave. I left my parents in India, I barely see them. And I've never felt guilt even one day of my life because they allowed me to leave my country and at a price, right? They they do miss me, but they knew it was more important for me to go and explore my world and expand my world. It's the finding the self. And when I connect that back to the couples who show up in my office, it is this piece where they have lost each other. They, they've stopped their own interdependence, right? They've stopped the building of this connection where they can turn to each other and be a team and now then because the child becomes the center they go to their phones they don't connect they right like we lose this ability to nurture our intimate connection with our partner or then we look to them and say well if you just did things differently with our kids then we would be okay right we still put our child in the middle Yeah. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature 
regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year, and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft, and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. So exactly, we stop doing our own work mm-hmm. and we begin to suck on the parent-child relationship to give us identity and we suck on the partner relationship to give us identity and then we stop growing and eventually we are going to explode with that resentment that the because eventually that other person if they are going to grow they are going to grow and fly away and we are then going to be left behind without a sense of identity and that's why when children grow up and go to college many times the one who has created that identity around the parenthood, they feel lost, right? It's the emptiness. It's not empty. There's no such thing. I know what they mean, but but really what people feel is an empty sense of purpose, an empty sense of identity. And that's because the parent wasn't nurturing or the partner wasn't nurturing their flourishing sense of purpose in their own lives. It is absolutely foundational to health to keep nurturing our sense of curiosity, our exploration, our purpose without the other. And our children will pick up on that. They'll be like, wow, my mom is always on an adventure or she's like that. And and of course, we want to be near our children, but we shouldn't circle our lives around them. We need to foster our own sense of well-being because that's what they're going to pick up on even more than our physical presence is our emotional state of well-being and empowerment. I often think, I think this is so important for people to really tap into because we've swung so far into giving all of ourselves to our children and pouring it all into that bucket instead of seeing what it is that we're modeling, the modeling of emotional wellness for ourselves and the modeling of that first relationship, which is watching your two parents, if there's two, watching them be together and build connection and say, I know you're sad that we're going, and we had to do this with our kids. I know you're sad. We're going on a date night. It's really hard when we leave. We totally get it. Tomorrow we'll be doing these special things as a family. And then they get to see us go and have this time, just the two of us. So they know that we are separate from them. And I'm constant, although it, it can be hard at times when they're upset, I'm always reminding myself, hey, I'm modeling what it means to have that healthy relationship that we put energy into those buckets, right? Absolutely. And our children need to see that they are not our identity. That's so important because otherwise the children feel this burden. We don't realize that children feel this burden, you know, even on a birthday, We expect our children to wish us happy birthday. And if they forget, then they feel burdened. Or if they make a choice that they know we are not going to endorse, they feel burdened. This is why so many gay kids in particular, right? 
they're trembling to tell their parents that they are gay. Why? Because they know that the parent has set a standard and they're not meeting that standard. In the same way, kids who have suicidality, why? It's because somewhere they're afraid that they've failed. And this is a core message of conscious parenting. There is no failure. And the only way we can truly, we can say it, but the way we communicate it is by not having a standard. And I know this is controversial because then parents may think that they're raising hooligans. The standard is to be authentic. The standard is to be, feel safe to be honest. The standard is connection. But when the standard is an image and the standard is an ideal, a grade, a, a medal, a trophy, or an image, a profession, a sexuality, then you are creating a box. And if the kid doesn't fit in the box, they're going to fall apart. You want to create standards of being, meaning standards of compassion, standards of kindness, standards of authenticity, of honesty, of freedom of expression. Those are standards you want to create, but you never want to create a standard around the doing. How are you doing? How are you behaving? You want to shift it to a being state. And when you shift it to a being state, then who you are sexually, who are who you are professionally, who you are in, in your ambition, who you are in your relationship doesn't matter. And that kid will feel connected to you. That kid will come home to you. That kid will be absolutely safe to tell you anything because they know that you are accepting them at their foundational level, not at their doing level. You're tapping into this really important piece around, so you're speaking about being versus doing. And one of the main fears I hear from parents today is that if I don't, um, if I don't create, uh, what's, I'm losing my words because it's the end of the day. Um, Exposure if you don't expose your kid. No, if there's not consequences, not punishment, um, if I'm not punishing my child, I'll just use that for lack of a better word. Yeah. How how am I teaching them? Are they going to grow up to be hooligans? How, like, there's this fear that shows up that if there's no punishment, then what? Correct, because we were raised from the stick and the carrot. We were raised with punishment. We are a culture of fear. And conscious parenting, and what I teach in this new book of mine, go grab it, guys, if you want to be a conscious parent. In this book, I teach you how you can absolutely live and raise your children. My daughter's 20, and she has no fear, trust me, Um, because I did not instill fear in her, and I still taught her to be a very good human being. And I also did it really without religion. I did it without religion and without punishment. But you know how you do it? You do it because when you, it's it's such a cliche, but when you give them safe, safety and comfort to feel like who they are is, is enough, then they don't even act out that much because they're not fighting you. You Mm. can, you can go, come on, are you, come on, let's go brush our teeth. It's a conversation. It's not a hierarchical power struggle. We create the power struggle. And then we wonder why our kid doesn't listen to us. And then we need to punish our kids. So it's like this, 
it's like the dog chasing the tail. But if you don't put in the need for the kid to rebel, the kid will not rebel. The kid only rebels when they feel like there's a standard that they cannot meet. But if you connect with your kid, and I talk about it, how do you negotiate with your kid? How do you create safe boundaries? There's still boundaries, but you don't need to punish your kid for breaking a boundary. And I talk about that in the book. And it, it's really your whole mindset and a whole different way of parenting your kids, which has nothing to do with fear, shame, guilt, or punishment. It's a whole new model. And conscious parenting is rebellious in that nature because it goes against the old model of shame, blame, fear, and punishment. It's a lot of reprogramming that we have to do ourselves because of how we've grown up. And I was recently just speaking with a group of perfectionists. Here we are, fellow perfectionists, all with children, and trying to undo the narratives or the scripts and maps in our minds around what it means to be worthy, to be enough, to be loved. And it's not that anyone consciously had said, to, like verbally had said to us, you need to be perfect for love. But those are the messages that we receive. Be the good girl. Be the one to show up in a certain way. Do more. Strive to always get the A+. plus. If it's not an A+, plus, it doesn't count. Right. And then showing up in parenthood, it really is a retraining a lot of this and letting this go. This is, it's really hard work. Right. So I'm reading... Many people saying they're getting so frustrated. They feel like they are a broken record. Yeah. They are feeling like their partner is not on the same page. Right. I start off this book, The Parenting Map, with this validation. If you are feeling lost, that's why I call it a map, because we didn't have a map. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault that you don't know how to do this. It's not right. your fault that you're frustrated with your kid. That's why I wrote this book. Because we were not trained. We did not get a license. Nobody told us how to parent consciously. So we're frustrated, we're yelling, we're cursing, we're screaming, and we're repeating patterns from our own childhood that we don't want to do. And that's why you need to learn how to do it in this book, really. But the reason why you're frustrated and the reason why you're yelling, part of it is because of your own pattern. And part of it is because culture has told you that it should be a particular way. And in this book, I teach you how it doesn't need to be that way. And because you're stuck in that old program, like Tracy says, you're repeating those patterns. You know, somebody asks, what do you do if you're the only conscious parent and your partner isn't? And I talk about that in this book, that you don't both need to be on the same page. In fact, if you're not on the same page, don't stop being conscious because they're not conscious, right? Tracy and I talk about that in my free summit, and we're going to talk about my yeah. summit as well. I always say you just need one conscious parent. It would be great if both were conscious, but come on. Most of us are barely conscious, just one of us. So one conscious parent is enough to start the way and to start thriving and to start allowing your children to feel sacred and safe and secure. So if you're the only one, you can begin there. And then you can have compassion for your for your partner, because they were not raised consciously. The reason why we're unconscious is only because we are zombies, we're, we're trained, we're programmed to be unconscious. Every single one of us has the seeds in us to spark consciousness, but you have to want it. You have to want to learn it. You have to be dedicated. You have to be devoted. So if you're a parent who, who's not happy with the way they're parenting, 
don't blame yourself. Don't guilt yourself. Educate yourself. And that's what this book is. It's a step-by-step map for you to become the most elevated parent you can be. And Tracy, let's tell them about my summit because you were on it. Yes, before I do this question, though, I think is so relevant. Soccer coach and players ask me for advice about how to deal with their families. If you if you are coaching kids or teens, please get this book because this will also help you in terms of what you're going to be doing to help parents, right? And and, and just before we go to that summit piece, there there is that... I have to say this again with you, Dr. Shafali, because we really need to let this sink in. If our our parenting partner is not parenting in the way we are, this is not a bad thing. This is an opportunity for you to see maybe the wounds of your partner and to support your partner in that. But what we show up with this is we sometimes come in and say, why didn't you do it this way? I thought we agreed to. You said you were going to. Instead of sitting beside them, side by shoulder to shoulder, that time was hard tonight. What happened tonight? How were you feeling? I noticed that you said yes to three books when, you know, you initially said you only wanted to do one book. What happened? Those are my parenting moments, right? One more song, one more book, right? Mm-hmm. But what, instead of us coming down and being more critical on our partners or interfering in their parenting moment, sitting beside our partner and saying, gosh, that was a really hard moment. How can I support you? Because then when you show up consciously in your relationship, you're modeling to them as well and helping them to show up differently with you. You don't have to come down hard on them and parent them, right? Exactly. And in this book, I lay out the different parenting styles you mm-hmm. could have or your partner mm-hmm. could have so that you can have compassion for each other because you're not going to have the same parenting styles. And then you can learn to work with that partner's unconsciousness. At least you don't take it personally. Right. At least you don't make your situation more traumatic. And this will embolden you to move forward on your path of consciousness with greater clarity. No parent in the world is perfect. No child is perfect. I learn every single day how to be a better parent, how to show up, how to truly shepherd my child into their greatest autonomy. We are shepherds of our children's spirits. We are not their leaders, not their bosses. We are not their masters. You know, we are shepherds ushering them into their greatest flowering. We are not you know, even the gardener, they are their own gardener. We are just here to support them. And when you understand what your role is, uh, you will embrace it with beauty and with liberation. You won't be burdened thinking that you are supposed to be the master and you're the commander in chief. No, you're not. You are here to listen to your child, to attune to them, to understand them and to help them blossom the most in their environment, their internal space, not your space. Mm. And people get scared that, oh, when I do that, then how will they survive in the outside world? Let me tell you, because I, I help young adults. I've helped my daughter become 20. When you embolden children, and this is true for your partner and yourself, when you embolden yourself to become more of who you are, you actually then are resilient to deal with the world. But when you're shaky in your own foundation, you cannot deal with the world's influx. You are then swept with the tide. You want to raise your children to be firmly implanted in who they are. 
And then they can take that out into the world and deal with the world. This is the strategy for raising a resilient and empowered child. Not to make your child what the world needs them to be, but to honor who they are. And then they take that into the world and then they can cope with whatever shows up in the world. So grab a copy of my book, guys. It's called The Parenting Map. It's the how-to, step-by-step of becoming a conscious parent. It's on my list. It's already coming in. I've ordered it. I need everybody to order it. But let's talk about what you've also put together because you have gathered an amazing group of experts on the Parenting Mastery Summit. Yes. So this is a free summit. Tracy's on it. And I have more than 30 world-class experts, all my friends in the field of psychology, mindfulness, education, to put together their greatest insights and strategies. So if you go to my website, drshefali.com, drshefali.com, you will find the summit, join it. It's for free and uh, it's going to be an awesome teaching uh, and the journey that we can take together to become more conscious. So thank you for being on it, Tracy. Thank you for sharing it. Everyone go to my website and join the summit. And we're going to post this up. The links are going to be there. We'll put it in our stories as well. Dr. Shafali, thank you as always for sharing this piece of you, your work. It is changing parents. It is changing our next generation of children. I know I'm, I'm looking forward to what it looks like in 10 years when that eight-year-old is 18 in my office. And, to, and you know, our parents are still going to do the things and they'll have things to work through. But I think there will be a little less shame and guilt that has been instilled into our next generation of children. So thank you for all of this work. I love it. Grab your copy, guys. I'm so excited for this book to go out into the world. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Tracy. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. What stands out for me from this conversation with Dr. Shafali and what really resonated with me was this concept of autonomous connection. That is what we are ultimately aiming for in all of our relationships, to know that deep down at our core, we are worthy, we are enough, and that we can make those decisions that are aligned for us. Nobody else can tell us what is right or wrong. We need to listen inwards to what we feel and what we need and to trust that. And for so many of us, we are unlearning this and our children become these mirrors for what it is that we struggle with. And yet oftentimes I know what shows up is that we look outwards and say, how do I teach my child to do the thing that I want them to do? I'm so grateful that you chose to click play today and that you joined me for this bonus episode. I would love to hear from you because here's the thing about podcasting. I'm in my office. I'm all by myself. And I want to know, did it resonate with you? What stood out for you? If you're on iTunes, go ahead and click the stars. Leave me a review. It only takes a moment and it helps other people find the podcast and more. Come over to Instagram. Say hello to me in my DMs and let me know what resonated about today's episode. All right. I will see you in our next episode. Until next time, take good care of you. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. 
fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.